Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post-20 Podcast, the NFL show, at least. Uh, my name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. It was a solo episode last week, but Jeremy's back this week. Um, I have a little bit more time, both of us, this week. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the Week 8 recap and then go ahead and give you our Week 9 picks. Um, and I'm going to hand it over to Jeremy for, for the Week 8 recap because he didn't get to talk last week. So... Go ahead, Jeremy. All right, everybody. Let's get into week eight. I'm just going to preface it by saying not personally my best week um, betting, but we'll get to there. Um, But there was some good football games. So, I mean, that was good at least. Starting off on Thursday, we had Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers heading over to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Tight game, all game. Uh, Packers who were not expected to win whatsoever. Um, They were kind of counted out, and we know what Aaron Rodgers does when he's counted out. He wins the football game. They ended up winning 24-21. to Randall Cobb, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, one touchdown, and Packers kicked a field goal. Moving on to Sunday, our first Sunday 1 o'clock game. We We had the Carolina Panthers, my favorite team, taking on the Atlanta Falcons. This was just a bad football game. Neither team looked great. Calvin Ridley didn't play again for the Falcons due to just some mental well-being issues. Um, but the Panthers scraped away a 19-13 to win. Um, definitely not the game of the day, but as a Panthers fan, I will take the win any place I can get it. Okay, next game a little more tightly contested, a lot more scoring, that's for sure. We had the Tennessee Titans taking on the Carson Wentz-led Indianapolis Colts. This game was tight the whole way. Uh, Fourth quarter, the Colts were down seven points, needed a touchdown uh, if they were going to win. Carson Wentz ended up throwing a pick on the one, which is what put them in that scenario. Um, But then Carson Wentz went down the field, tied the game up, and then in true Carson Wentz fashion, immediately threw an interception in overtime and cost the Colts the game. Um, Evan, I know you had some uh, decent bets on that game. Anything you want to touch uh, from that game? Yeah, so I um, I have Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team, so I always kind of sprinkle a little bit on a Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Uh, he had four weeks in a row where he, was, uh, he had a touchdown in each game. This was the game where he... Couldn't get into the end zone, or no, he did. He did. He scored again here. So that was that was five weeks in a row. Um, but Michael Pittman was the was the the main point here for me. Uh, caught eighty six yards worth of ball and uh, had two touchdowns. That that put the Colts up fourteen nothing. So Titans when they were down fourteen nothing, I hammered the money line. Um, I had it. I got it like plus three ten or plus three fifteen. Uh, and I knew that they would somehow make their way back into this game because Wentz is Wentz. You know, if the guy throws three inter- or three touchdowns, he's probably going to throw an interception or two interceptions when it really matters. And that was the case here. Um, I think that Wentz is a talented quarterback. I think that he has strokes of magic. I'm not going to say genius because I don't think he's an intelligent quarterback. I just think he's serviceable. Um, and that was that was 100% what the case was here. Titans were dogs by the time the game started. Originally, when, when Jeremy and I did the show last week, they were favorites. So when that line moved, I made sure that I hammered it down uh, or hammered it again. 
Uh, and, and the public was all over the Titans, but somehow, miraculously, um, in OT, they, uh, they managed to get the win. They pulled it out. But really, uh, for me, it was more of the Colts losing the game than the Titans winning the game. And also, we have to consider the fact that Derrick Henry is now out for the season. He's having surgery or had surgery already to repair something in his foot, uh, which will sideline him for the rest of the season. So the Titans pick up Adrian Peterson, and they'll be looking to see what they can do uh, in the upcoming weeks. But it was a good game. Yeah, I made some money on that one. Yes, that was an overall good game. Tough day for Titans fans, like you said, Derrick Henry done for the season. Um, I don't know too much about their backup running back. I don't think they ever they really had, use him when they have Derrick Henry. But Jarek, I mean, Jarek McKinnon, I think. Or is he uh, on the Chiefs? He's on the Chiefs. It's something McPherson, which, oh, yeah, McPherson. I don't know. It's something nuts. But we'll see how he does this week. Um, people in fantasy probably are happy to pick him up. Um, yeah. But other than that, I don't see him being too great for them. But moving on to our next game, we had the Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. This game was in Buffalo. Um, horrible first half of that game. Um, I believe the score was either 7-7 to or 14-7 to after the first half. Um, and the Bills ended up scraping away a 26-11 to win, uh, thus covering the spread um, from when we talked about it earlier in the week, when it was at 13.5. It did end um, prior to the game at 15.5, funny enough, as weird of a number that is. And, of course, it, they didn't cover 15.5 <laughs> if someone took 15.5. But, luckily, we had 13.5, so, I mean, we keep it rolling there. Uh, Bill's offense looked really bad the first half. Second half, they kind of kicked into gear a little bit. Um, I mean, they still got another win under their belt, so they're still looking good. Still got playoffs in their future and maybe even the Super Bowl still. So yep. we'll see how they work there. Moving on to the upset of the week. We had the Mike White-led New York Jets taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike White threw for 405 yards and the Jets took down the Bengals 34-31. Joe Burrow ended up throwing a pick with about two minutes left in the game that kind of sealed their fate for them. But I mean, sometimes you just got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Zach Wilson's been at the helm for the Jets for seven weeks prior to this, and he has come nowhere close to 400 passing yards in one game. I mean, not that I think he's a bad quarterback. I mean, he's a rookie. He's got to get used to playing in the NFL, you know, all that good stuff. But for Mike White to come out and throw for 405 yards in his first uh, start ever is very, very impressive. Uh, Evan, did you watch that game at all? Yeah, I did. I watched pretty much the entire thing. I mean, I was sitting there with a smile on my face, even though I bet on the Bengals. Um, because going into the game, in our group chat, I said, the game fucking stinks. I told everybody stay away from the spread. I bet on the spread anyway, not heavily, but a little bit, because you never know. But the public was all over the Bengals. Nobody wanted to take the Jets, and something stunk from the very offset here. Michael Carter rushed down the field, or the the Jets rather rushed down the field uh, on that first drive, scored, uh, and I said Michael Carter was going to score, and I knew from the minute that that happened that this game was going to be fucking weird, and it was. Uh, and I'm glad. I'm glad that the Jets won. I don't think that the Bengals have what it takes right now to be the team that everybody seemed to think they are. Um, and this is just a symptom of 
uh, of having a really young quarterback and a young young team in general. Um, he's throwing to young receivers. The offensive line is not great. This is what happens. You throw a bad pick at the end of the game. You lose the game. Um, and I don't think that we can necessarily blame just Burrow, um, but that pick was really bad, and it certainly lost them the game. Jamar Chase um, had, you know, kind of a, a step-back game, three receptions for 32 yards. T. Higgins was the number one guy here. So it was a weird one, honestly. Uh, but, man, it was fun to watch the Jets win. And, and Mike White, what an electric performance. He was 37 for 45 on completions. He only missed eight passes. Um, and despite those tipped interceptions, I think that he looked okay. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. I mean, he did way better than 99% of America, I'm sure, thought he was going to do. And yeah. the only 1% might have been just him. Yep, um, <laughs> I agree, Absolutely. But he got the job done, and you know they walk away with a much-needed win because uh, they they are hard to come by for the New York Jets these days. So they'll take what they can get. But you know, good job, Mike White. Um, not a great job, Joe Burrow. But I mean, he's young as well. This yeah. is really his first full season. He'll bounce back and be all right. And I, I'm sure they'll be competitive again this week. Yeah. So I have a quick question for you before we move on to Steelers Browns. Um, do you? Th- what is the goal? For the Jets right now, five wins, six wins. What do we think as as Salah's first first year in charge? Because I think they need to scale their expectations, right? Maybe five or six wins the first season, eight or nine the next. Then you're talking about really becoming a playoff team. If if Salah gets what he needs in terms of building blocks, um, th- that's how I see it. I'm wondering what you think. Should the Bengals go, or should the Jets go all out now um, and try, or really try, or should they tank for another season? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, for draft purposes, yeah, they're not going to be great this year. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter if they were to lose the rest of the games just yeah. for the better yeah. draft pick purpose. But even if they win five games, which I think is very possible and I think is probably the best thing for their franchise with Me the too. way they have been playing in recent years, you know, just to see some wins and some momentum building, yep. I think is more important than having the fourth pick versus like the eighth pick because they're still going to have a top 12 pick if they win five games. Sure. Um. But I think, yeah, I think five or six wins this year is doable for the Jets. And like you said, next year, maybe they can sneak it up to 500. I mean, they have some talent. Michael Carter's very good. He's good. He's um, good, yeah. He, yeah, he had, what, 142 or 148 total yards this week. Yep. Um, they, I mean, they have some good young guys. Uh, Elijah Moore, uh, except he was, he's been hurt a little bit. Uh, Corey Davis has looked good there. Yep. I mean, they have, they have the opportunity to be good. Robert Sala, I think, is a great coach. Um, but yeah, I think like five wins this year and then hopefully push for that 500 mark next year would be very good for the Jets. Just, you know, get some momentum back under their belt after a couple years of being really, really bad at football. Yep. I totally agree. All right, go ahead. I'll let you move on. All right. Moving on to our next game. Like Evan said, we have the Steelers versus the Browns. This game was a stink fest. The Steelers ended up pulling out a 15 to 10 win. Baker Mayfield did play this week, came back from injury, no Case Keenum. Maybe the Browns needed Case Keenum. Um, But Ben Roethlisberger threw for 260 yards and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield threw for 225, no touchdown. Uh, Dearness Johnson actually had the only touchdown for the Browns in this game. Najee Harris uh, was good once again for the Steelers. I mean, he's kind of been their workhorse all year. He's He gets about 30 touches a game and about 120 total yards every game, which is good for anyone that has him in fantasy. Or is just a Steelers fan looking to the future. He definitely could be good. Um, He definitely has workhorse capabilities. 
and he has a bright future. Uh, they just once they figure out the QB situation, uh, Aaron Rodgers next year, uh, they will be good again. Um, but I mean, another win for them, a division rival win, which is always good. Um, but the Steelers did make some moves at the trade deadline this week. Uh, they got rid of uh, what's his name, Melvin Ingram, yep. uh, who was backing up TJ Watt. Um, for some reason, he was upset that he wasn't getting um, enough playing time. But uh, you signed a contract uh, for a team that has TJ Watt at your same position, so. Not really sure what he thought he was getting himself into, but I mean, he's off the team now and he's on the Chiefs, so maybe he'll play because they need all the help they can they get need on it. Certainly do. Okay, moving on to an absolute beatdown. We had the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Detroit Lions. Um, I'm just going to say now, I did I did take the Lions money line. Everyone can laugh at me on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. I don't care, you know? I didn't think the Eagles were good, which I still don't think they are. They're still bad. Yeah. Um, but the Lions just decided to play arguably their worst game of the season after playing their best game of the season, which I guess I should have seen coming. But, yep, Eagles 44 points, um, Lions 6. Evan, I know you're an Eagles guy, so would you like to talk about this game a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I don't. to be honest with you, I don't think that there's all that much to say. I don't think that the Eagles played particularly well. If you look at Jalen Hurts' stat line, this is frightening to me. Um, In a game where you are putting up 44 points, your quarterback's only throwing for 100 yards, you know, just breaking the threshold of 100 yards and rushing for 71 on seven carries. He didn't do anything. Hurts didn't do anything. It was all run game here, and it's a shame that it was all run game because we had a good running back. Now he's injured, going to be out for, you know, presumably a a relatively long time, and you're going to give the ball to Boston Scott 12 times and to Jordan fucking Howard 12 times. Both of them scored two touchdowns. That was the story for me. Um, The Eagles are absolutely despicable in the air. Um, they are so, so bad. There is never a chance that we're going to lead an aerial assault over the course of an entire game. It's not going to happen. You might get it in the fourth quarter every once in a while with Hurts. I'm worried. I'm very, very worried for the future of Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. I don't necessarily think he's the QB for the Eagles. And I think that this scoreline, more than anything, just tells you how fucking bad the, the Lions are. I I don't want Eagles fans, and I know it's a very delusional fan base, most of you. If you're listening and you're an Eagles fan, I'd say you're probably a little delusional. Um, I'm a realist when it comes to the birds, but Hurts is not the answer. So, you know, don't get high on this 44-point win. Uh, The offense didn't even necessarily play that well. The defense looked okay, but the Lions are terrible. This means nothing. That's what I have to say. All right, I like that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What do we think about maybe, you know, they fire Gardner Minshew in there for a game, Jalen Hurts keeps struggling? Yes, I would like to see it. I really do. Um, I really do think that that could be the answer. Uh, I don't know if it's a long-term answer, but I think that Minshew is a— if he knows the offense, you know, that's that's what it comes down to because Hurts doesn't even know the offense. Um, he knows his offense, but not what the Eagles should be using. If they design a little bit of an offense around Minshew, he gets some more snaps under center. I think that we could see a little bit of a resurgence or or jump up in the Eagles offense. I mean, look, they drafted Devontae Smith. He's not fucking doing anything because he's not he's not in an offense that suits him. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see Minshew. I'd like to see what happens if they throw him in there. Eagles aren't really 
Um, I mean, they could be a playoff team. It's possible at this point. They have three wins. Uh, they Their strength of schedule is not awful, but I don't think we have anything to lose, honestly, by throwing him in there. Yeah, uh, I agree. He he wasn't bad back when he uh, was uh, leading the helm for the Jaguars there. He was okay, but yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up Devontae uh, Smith because that's what I was going to bring up next. He's kind of been disappearing over the last couple weeks, and it's not really – I mean, you can't really blame the guy if you're only throwing for 100 yards. I mean, what's the guy going to do and have 90 of them? Like, he, that's unrealistic. But, yeah, he started off the season hot. Everyone was really high on him, and then now the offensive uh, passing attack has just kind of disappeared, which has kind of left him feeling helpless, I'm sure, out there on the field. So hopefully, you know, they can start throwing the ball a little better, even though I do hate the Eagles. But I'd like to see Devontae Smith be good. So hopefully they can figure out the passing game a little bit. Jalen Hurts can figure it out, and they'll be good. Yep, for but sure. moving on to the next game, we had the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Houston Texans. Um, great teams cover. Well, good teams win, great teams cover. And the Texans covered, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think it. I think that spread was, what, 16.5 or 17.5? Yep. And they ended up losing by 16. Shout out Davis Mills, I guess. Uh, Rams finished with 38. Texans 22. Matt Stafford back looking like MVP Stafford again. 300 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Daryl Henderson added 100 yards and a touchdown himself. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, he was just being Cooper Cup out there. 115 yards and a touchdown, seven receptions. Uh, He's probably going to be... A fantasy winner for some people this season, it seems like. Uh, I mean, I don't know too many people that were super high on Cooper Cup coming into the season, but now he's easily the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Davis Mills finally put together some offense, though. Uh, He did have 310 yards and two touchdowns, so good for him there. Um, But they're going to get Tyrod back here within the next week or two, and then Davis Mills will no longer be relevant, and the Texans might start being a little more competitive. This was a weird game. I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just think, like, I don't necessarily know what you're gaining from taking Stafford out. Why would, like, you know, we saw Wolford in there for a little bit. I don't know how they let them come back. I mean, they they let them score 22 points. The Rams' defense let up 22 points to the Texans. And I don't necessarily think it's because Davis Mills is good. Um, I just think it was a weird, I think it was a weird game plan, weird strategy for McVay here a little bit. Um, I haven't really decided what I think of it yet, but it was kind of, just watching the end of the game was kind of bizarre, Twilight Zone-ish. Yeah, I agree. It was. It did have a weird feel there. Um, I forgot about that for a second. Yeah, dude, they were up like thirty-eight to seven. Or yeah, something. yeah, it was a slaughter. And, yeah. Um. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, it was thirty-eight zero. Yeah. Um. Until four minutes left in the game, and then the Texans scored. Yep. Rams punted, Texans scored again, then the Texans got an onside kick yep. and scored again. Um, but yeah, that was a weird one. Sean McVay's probably uh, not too thrilled with himself, um, just the way he handled the end of that game. I don't think we'll be seeing Matt Stafford take it out anytime soon yeah, now no. after this week. They could be up 50, and I don't think Sean McVay will care now, yep. which I don't blame him. I mean, that really theoretically if they weren't i mean if they were up 30 instead of 40 points like that could have really come back to bite them because then it was only a one score game but you know they still won by two scores yep did their thing and you know on to the next week for them i'm sure they'll be ready to roll this week and matt staff will throw 303 touchdowns again like he has been probably true but moving on to our next game we had the uh 
San Francisco 49ers taking on the Chicago Bears. Um, Jimmy G, two rushing touchdowns this game. Um, you would have thought he was Justin Fields out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields ended up being average. Uh, he threw for about 200 yards, touchdown, added 100 yards on the ground. Um, 49ers end up walking away with a 33-22 win. Um, they were never really in danger of losing the game once it got to the fourth quarter. Um, they were losing all game, and then you could just feel the momentum flip to the 49ers. And they ended up scoring um, 18 points in the fourth quarter um, and ended up walking away with that 33-22 win. Um, Jimmy G looks, I mean, the way Jimmy G's looked his whole career, he'll win them ball games, but he's not going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. He just kind of gets the job done. Um, Justin Fields, you know, still learning the ropes there for the Bears. Um, I mean, I feel like they got to get rid of Matt Nagy, um, but that's a discussion for a different day. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, decent game for both teams. Um, Justin Fields still finding his way, but he'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on. Yep. Moving on to a game that really, really hurt my heart to watch, um, especially as, you know, our beloved Zach rooted on the Chargers. <laughs> we had the Mac Aroni and Cheese led Patriots taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Mac Jones and Bill Belichick walk away with a 27-24 nail-biter win over Justin Herbert and that electric offense. This is now two weeks in a row. Um, Well, I guess they had the bye, but two weeks in a row for the Chargers. that They have looked suspect against good defenses. Um, The Ravens held them to what, like six points? Yeah, six points. Um, And then they went to bye. And now they came back, and the Patriots, I mean, 24, you might say, okay, that's not bad. But, I mean, at no point did their offense look electric after, like, the first drive of the game. Like, they looked like they were laboring to get down the field. It didn't look smooth. It didn't look like it did in the games where they are putting up 35, 40 points. Um, So, a little cause for concern there for me personally, um, looking at the Chargers moving forward. Um, But... Patriots, man, they are – they're surprising me. I'll be the first to say it. Yeah. I mean, they're a 500 football team currently, um, which I guess isn't phenomenal. But, I mean, when you lose Tom Brady, of all people, um, and then you had Cam Newton last year, and now you have a rookie quarterback, I did not expect the Patriots to be where they're at at 4-4 four and four and beating teams like the Chargers. What did you think of? Uh, I mean, I'm in the same spot as you. I I was really low on the charge or the the pass going into the season, super high on the Chargers. Um, I know we get some of our our information through Zach, who is a Chargers fan, but he's relatively realistic. I mean, he knows um, he knows what the issues are with the team, and he knows that the Chargers can't stop the run. He said on Sunday that the Chargers haven't been able to stop the run since he was born, which is absolutely true. And that was the case here. I mean, they let Damian Harris run all over them. He only rushed for 80 yards, but he had 23 carries and a touchdown, um, and he just, they just cannot stop it, and they can't stop the little screens out of the back, and they just let it, they let him run all over the, um, all over them, and it was just terrible. Mac Jones, you know, not a world beater. He's not going to be a world beater, but you have to remember who else wasn't a world beater when he came into the league. It was Tom Brady. Belichick is turning Mac Jones into a Tom Brady-esque quarterback, and I'm telling you, He's going to be all right. His career is going to be fine. 
I mean, it, it was fuck Macaroni Jones for the first couple of weeks, but I think that he's developing rapidly. I think he's looked good. And and in terms of the other quarterback that played in this game, I just think Herbert had a had a relatively unfortunate game. Um, I don't think you know people are selling Herbert already. Um, I'm already seeing Herbert this, Herbert that. Leave the guy alone. Like he had a a relatively rough game. It wasn't great. Uh, he still threw for two touchdowns. Uh, and I just don't think the offense was was firing on all cylinders here. Um, those two interceptions were were unlucky more than anything. And I think that the Chargers will be back. I think that we're just experiencing a little bit of a lull uh, in their their rhythm, and that they'll be back. But the Pats, we have to give credit where credits due, uh, and say they played a tough game because they did. And the Chargers are not a bad team. So um, good on the Pats. Belichick's really getting things in order. I just traded for Damian Harris. Uh, I'm really high on him right now, and I think that he continues to have a really good season. So um, good on the Pats, but uh, Chargers will be back soon. I know it. Yeah, I agree with what you said there about the Chargers. Uh, just a little lull. I mean, we got to remember they're a young team. Yeah. I mean, Mike Williams is just kind of coming into his own here. Um, Justin Herbert, I mean, one year removed from setting the rookie passing record. So, I mean, if you're selling him already, you're probably not paying too much attention to football. Yep. But, yeah, I think they'll be back. Um, Herbert's good. Mike Williams will be good. I mean, Keenan Allen's been Keenan Allen for 10 years now. And Eckler's the man. So, I mean, they'll be back. Uh, just you know, you know, just a small bump in the road, and they'll get over it. Yeah. But moving on to another young quarterback, we had the Trevor Lawrence-led Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Seattle to take on the Geno Smith and Alex Collins-led Seahawks. This game did not go as I expected. I thought it was going to be a close, competitive game. You know, an injured, an injury-riddled Seahawks team taking on. A young Jaguars team finally seemed to be getting their footing underneath them and getting some momentum, but clearly I was wrong. The Seahawks walked away with a 31-7 victory. Uh, Geno Smith just kind of game-managed his way to a win. He had 195 yards and two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence threw for 240, a touchdown and a pick. So, I mean, he's looked kind of similar to how he did all season. Um, The... Jags should never really get anything going, uh, mainly because James Robinson kept uh, leaving the game with that heel injury, which mm-hmm. could be lingering into this week, which is not good for me as a James Robinson fantasy owner. Um, but he'll be good, uh, if not this week, next week. I mean, it's just a little little foot bruise. He'll be fine. Um, but you know that is tough on a running back. But yeah, Seahawks 31, Jaguars 7. Not too much to say about that game. Neither team is looking like they're going to have too competitive of a future. I mean, the Seahawks could if they get Chris Carson and Russell Wilson back, but I don't know what the timetable is on them. Chris Carson claims he wants to come back after this week's bye, but if he still has that uh, that compressed vertebrae in his neck, I can't see him lasting too long without once again leaving on the IR. But we'll see. Wishing them the best of luck. I mean, they're very injured. I don't mind Pete Carroll. He's not, a, he's not my favorite guy in the world, but, I mean, he's been over there for a few years doing a good job, so, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out. But moving on to another upset, oh, Tom Brady, how do I hate you after last week? Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints, led by Trevor Simeon, walk away with a 36-27 win. Jameis Winston left the game with a torn ACL and MCL damage. Um, but he was still seen in the locker room after the game doing what he does best, dancing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but this time he was on crutches, flinging his crutches around, looking like good old Jameis. But Trevor Simeon, 
he looked like he was Tom Brady. It was unbelievable. Um, he led them to a win. No, no turnovers. Um, I mean, he only threw for like 170 yards, but he only played half the game. Um, but he did throw a touchdown. Tom Brady threw for 375, uh, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. One very costly one. Funny enough, there was a minute 45 uh, around around that time period. We'll say left in the game. Uh, the seat or the Bucks were down the score. And I hop on Fandle, you know, just to see what they're thinking. The Bucks were minus 150 to win the game. They were losing the game with two minutes left, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And they knew, I, Fandle knew everyone would be all over the Bucks, so they were minus 150. And people immediately lost their money when Tom Brady threw a pick on, like, the uh, second play of the drive. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, although I was on the Bucks, so it wasn't too funny. But just to see that happen, I mean... At that point, I was already over my day. This was my worst betting week of the season. But that means I'll be back this week stronger than ever. But moving on to our next and final 4 o'clock game, we had the Washington football team taking on Teddy Two Gloves and the Denver Broncos. Washington football team, 10. Denver Broncos, 17, not too much to say about this game. Uh, Taylor Heineke he's kind of lost his um, his electricity, we'll say, that he had the first couple weeks he came out. I mean, he had 270 and two turnovers. Um, and he just hasn't – I mean, I thought he might be the future for, for the football team, but so far um, since then he hasn't necessarily looked like the future of the football team. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater game managed his way to another win, just like he's been doing his whole career. Did it for the Saints, did it for the Panthers. Now he's doing it for the Broncos. Shout out Teddy Two Gloves. Um, but yeah, not too much to say about the game. Broncos 17, Washington 10. Moving on to the Sunday night primetime game. This game was bad. Hard to watch. I actually ended up going to bed at halftime. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it here then in a sec. But we had the Dallas Cowboys. Led by Cooper Rush mm-hmm. taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Cowboys ended up scraping away a 20 to 16 win due to a miraculous last drive where a ball bounced off the Vikings shoulder pad. Amari Cooper caught it, and then they ended up scoring a touchdown. Game was all over the place. There was a lot of field goals, a lot of punts, not a lot of fun. Um, which is why I ended up going to bed at halftime. What did you think of that game, Evan? This it's prime time, Kirk. Like I always say, this was a vintage Kirk Cousins performance. 23 for 35, 184 yards, and a touchdown. And that was it. He's playing against Cooper Rush. Not playing against Dak. Not playing against the Cowboys offense that is firing on all cylinders. Zeke only rushed for 50 yards. This guy made sure... Cooper Rush made sure that Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb had about 250 yards between them. And Cedric Wilson had 84 yards, almost 100 yards. So Amari had a touchdown as well. Cedric Wilson had a touchdown. C.D. looked absolutely stunning. This is the Vikings, guys. This is what I'm trying to tell everybody. Don't ever bet on the Vikings. They're a fucking disaster. The minute that they get Kirk out of there, and really Zimmer probably needs to go too, to be honest with you, and get in a strong game-managing quarterback that can really get the ball and split the ball, 
to Thielen and Jefferson is the minute that the Vikings elevate themselves. But if that doesn't happen, the Vikings are going to continue to be this Vikings team. It's a disaster. It was always the Cowboys. I said it last week. Jeremy said it last week. We knew. We know who Kirk is. And I urge you all, just think about who Kirk is. Unless it's a trash game, a garbage game, where he's going to be able to get up early and have time to throw the ball in garbage time, don't bet on Kirk Cousins and don't bet on the Vikings. That's what I have to say. I could not agree more. Um, it's funny, my one buddy, he's super high on the Vikings. He's like, oh, oh they were only they were only like in reality they are. Well, prior to this week, he's like, they were only a couple points away from being like undefeated or having one loss because they, you know, they lost on some last second plays throughout yes. the season. But I'm like, dude, they're still the Vikings. Like, I mean, yeah, they do have talent, but it's still led by Kirk Cousins. And like you said, he um is not the guy. Yeah. You're not that guy, Val. And and here's, here's the, all I have to say to Kirk. It's true. And here's but, the thing. He's right. You know, the Vikings could be undefeated, but they're fucking not because they've thrown games away because they don't have a quarterback that's clutch enough to get them down the field and win when it matters. And, you know, they've missed some field goals. It's it's gotten a little unlucky sometimes, but it ultimately comes down to the guy that's under center. He's leading your team. And and that's where this comes from. Three wins out of out of seven. It's not good enough. I agree. I could not agree more. Couldn't have said it better myself. But our final game of the week, which is another team that is very, very concerning. Unbelievably concerning at this point. The Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs took on the New York Giants in Kansas City, I might add. And they scrape away a three-point win. And when I say scrape, they really had to fight and claw their way for a three-point win against the Daniel Jones-led Giants who are missing half their players. Like, I don't know what the Chiefs are doing. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know who sold their soul to the devil years ago to make them good, but (laughs) it's coming back to bite them now because they are looking so bad. Let's do a stat comparison here between Patrick Mahomes, who coming into the season, everyone said was the best quarterback in the league, which I still think he potentially is. Um, But then versus Daniel Jones, who everyone said was a bottom five quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes, 275 on 48 pass attempts with one touchdown and one interception. Danny Dimes, much more efficient, 32 pass attempts, um, only 222 yards, but that's only 50 yards less than Patrick Mahomes. And he had two touchdowns um, while throwing one interception as well. So if you look at those stats, I mean, Danny Dimes had the better game as a quarterback, which is unbelievable to think. Um, The Chiefs haven't been able to get anything going all year. For once, their defense did their job. They only gave up 17 points, but that won't continue in the future. Travis Kelsey has gone ghost. I'm not even sure he's on the Chiefs anymore at this point. He has done nothing for weeks. Um, yeah, I don't. I really don't know what to say about the Chiefs other than the fact that they are very, very, very concerning. What are your thoughts, Ev? I mean, yeah, I'm worried about the Chiefs. Um, I'm kind of also at the same time tired of them because they don't cover. I mean, I don't think the Chiefs have covered for me, and I don't really bet on them anymore to cover because I know better, but I'm trying to think. It's probably been 
solid two seasons now that they haven't covered like one time for me. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll move into the game more specifically or the chief situation more specifically within the context of real life. But yeah, it's concerning. Um, Mahomes has some mechanical issues, I will say. Uh, he's relied on Mahomes magic for a lot of the success he's found in his career. And I think that magic uh, as a QB, you know, a lot of guys have magic. A lot of guys don't. Uh, you can be a successful quarterback and not have that X, it, magic factor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Mahomes is always going to have it. It's a matter of finding it again. And I just think that he's in a serious slump. I think if he, not if he, I think he needs to get back to basics. And that might mean working in a QB camp, um, you know, a little mini camp within within the own organization and, and working with a quarterback coach that's going to be able to get him back to basics. Just get him taking snaps under center. Get him throwing to his target. Get in the first read. If you don't have your first read, look at the second, look at the third, and then scramble. We, we got to get rid of the crazy little sidearm baseball passes for now. He can work that shit back in, but he has to go back to basics. I think that's where he has to start. Um, and the Chiefs just got lucky here, man. They should have lost this game, to be honest with you. Um, if the Giants were even a little more clutch, and, and Danny Jones might get there eventually, if they were even a little more clutch, they would have won this game. So the Chiefs have to be thanking their lucky stars that got away with this one. They rise to 4-4. Four and four, um, And to be honest with you, I don't even know if they're, as, they're that good um, at 4-4. Four and four. So, you know, they're lucky, and we'll see what they do against the Packers here in the next week. But, man, things are looking bleak. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. They, uh, yeah, they don't look like Chiefs of the past. Patrick Mahomes, those sidearms just aren't working this year. To be fair, his interception this week was arguably one of the most unlucky interceptions I've seen in my in my football viewing career. He threw the ball right to Jarek McKinnon, and it bounced off the back of his helmet straight up in the air. But other than that, he still didn't look great this week. But that's going to round out our Week 8 recap. And now we can move on to the Week 9 preview. Evan, take it away, man. All righty. So we'll run through this quick for you guys. Thursday, 8.21 p.m. Eastern Time, the New York Jets take on the Indianapolis Colts. This game is in Indianapolis at Luxoil Stadium. The Colts are currently a 10.5-point favorite. I absolutely hate that. Um, I don't like double, double number spreads or double digit, um, as we've talked about. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take Colts minus 10.5. There's no way the Jets win again. Uh, I think the Colts play better against uh, worse teams. So I'm going to take Colts minus 10.5, uh, which I know is a gamble. And I'm just going to try and stay away from the alt stuff this week. So, yeah, Colts Colts 10.5 for me. I think it's a two-score two score game. That's, uh, that's a good bet. Um, I'm doing something similar, but I am taking our boy Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to do a, a Colts minus 6.5, Jonathan Taylor anytime touchdown scorer. Same game parlay, that comes out to minus 105, which I think they win by a touchdown. And, I mean, if they're going to win, Jonathan Taylor is going to be scoring touchdowns. I think they take the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands this week after um, the absolute meltdown he had at the end of last week's game. So, Jonathan Taylor, touchdown parlayed with Colts minus 6.5 for me. Beautiful. Okay, up next we have the Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. This is the disaster game of the week. I... Don't know what the fuck to do here. Um, I'm going to take 
over 46. That's what I like this week. I know that's a weird one. I have a feeling that the Texans are going to come out and play good offense, though. Um, That fourth quarter that I saw against the Rams was enough to show me that they can do it, and I think the Texans do it this week. I'm going to take over 46. That is an extremely uh, uncharacteristic bet for me, but I have a feeling about it, so I'm taking it. Okay. Yeah, I don't like either team. Um, We said all year how much we love fading the Dolphins. Yep. Um, But, I mean, you can't really say that you want to bet on the Texans either. What have they done to prove that they have any value? So I'm going to go. I'm going with the touchdown score here. I'm thinking Miles Gaskin. I know he's been in the committee all year, and his usage has been up and down. But luckily for him, um, the – I would say the RB2, if we're considering Gaskins the RB1, uh, went down with an injury, and he won't be playing this week, so I'm hoping he can get the ball a little more. So I'm going Miles Gaskin touchdown in that game. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, I definitely think that uh, he could get himself on the score sheet. The Denver Broncos take on the Dallas Cowboys next. Cowboys are currently 9.5-point favorites. I'm slamming it. I like them to win by at least two touchdowns. I think it could be more than that. And I think we're going to see Dak back this week. He got an extra week of rest. He was out there practicing before the game against the Vikings. So I think he'll be in perfect shape. I think the Cowboys win this one um, and definitely cover nine and a half. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, I'm all over the Cowboys minus nine and a half as well. He looked fine in his warmups last week. Yeah. Um, if you watch it, I think they just didn't want to push it just because he is their franchise quarterback coming off a long-term injury last season. So they just wanted to kind of take it easy with him and let him rest another week. Yep, give me Cowboys minus a nine and a half. Sounds good. We have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Baltimore Ravens up next. The Ravens are currently a six-point favorite. I'm hammering the Ravens at minus six. I love it. Uh, they had to buy this last week. So they're going to be having some rest. And I just think that they're going to come out absolutely slinging the ball. They're going to look great. Uh, I'm all over Ravens minus six. It's home for them too. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm all over the Ravens as well. I mean. Cooper Rush just threw for 350 yards against the Vikings. I cannot imagine what Lamar's going to do both in the air and on the ground. Hollywood Brown might go for 100-plus this game. Mark Andrews might come back to life after he had a bad week uh, two weeks ago. Give me the Ravens minus six. Vikings are fraud. Kirk Cousins are fraud. Yep, I agree. Pats take on the Panthers next. This game is in Charlotte. Um, I love... The Pats here. I think the over is set kind of low, too, at 41. I could see it happening. Both teams coming off a win. It's a weird one. Could be strange. You know, could kind of go either way. But I'm going to take um, Pats money line. It's at minus 194. I don't necessarily like that four-point spread. It's a flat spread. I try and typically stay away from them. I uh, don't need a push in my life. So I'm going to take Pats money line. But I can 100% see the Panthers contending and, and maybe even winning. Uh, I'm just, I'm with Mac Jones this week. Yeah, my brain says the Patriots. And sadly, my heart now these days also is saying the Patriots. Sam Darnold is painful to watch. Um, Give me the Pats money line. We can't get anything going on offense. Both teams have good defenses, but I do think that over could be in play if the Panthers play better offense. I think the Patriots will put up 20 20 to 24 points. Um, it really just comes down to if the Panthers play offense. The over is definitely in play, but yeah, I'll take the Pats money line as much as I hate to say it. Cool. Okay, Buffalo Bills take on the Jacksonville Jaguars up next. Jags are 14 and a half point dogs. Wow, this is a weird one. Bills are just the most heavily favorited team in pretty much every matchup every week. It's a little frustrating. Um, I 
don't know where I am on this. Um, I think what I'm going to do is take a touchdown. I'm going to take a Josh Allen rushing touchdown. That's what I like this week. So that's where I'm at. I just I don't want to I don't want to bet on the the Bills to cover 14 and a half because they've covered for me recently and I think that they're due for like another weird game here. So I'm with Josh Allen rushing TD. I think that's where the money is. Yeah, I like that bet. He hasn't scored in a couple weeks. He's due. Um, I think the last time he scored was when he cashed that first touchdown score bet uh, for us when Cookie said he had the vision. Yep. And and it happened. But um, I did take the Bills minus 13.5 last week. Um, at halftime, I thought it was dead, so I doubled down on them at 6.5 at halftime. And they ended up covering both. Um, so I think I'm going to take the Bills down to 13.5 because 14.5 is where they really get you. Um, so yeah, give me the Bills minus 13 and a half against the Jags here. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I thought about doing that too. I think that that's probably a safe bet. Um, that hook, the hook is just what I was worried about. So the Browns take on the Bengals up next. Browns are currently dogs, two and a half point dogs. I love it. I love it for the Bengals. They come back. They play better this week. Burrow has a revenge game. Browns couldn't score last week. So I'm with the Bengals. I think Chase has a touchdown. I think the Bengals win. Uh, but for clarity's sake, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you guys, Bengals minus two and a half. That's minus 110, and I love it. I'm going to go with the over in this game. I'm normally, you know, just a spread guy and money line kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to take the over. Like you said, the Browns struggled on offense last week. There's this whole OBJ debacle going on. So yeah. I think maybe he could get involved this week. Nick Chubb is due for a Nick Chubb style game of like 150 yards and a touchdown and two touchdowns. So I'm going to take the over at 47 here. Uh, flat line, which is fine with the overs. I mean, 48 points is, uh, what is that? couple touchdowns and a field goal so yeah i'll take over 47 as my play for that game all right and i do just want to let you guys know odell beckham jr was excused from practice today so um i don't know we'll see uh shit's getting really weird there like jeremy just said there's some drama so i don't know we'll have to see i'm really curious to see how all that pans out um okay we have the atlanta falcons taking on the new orleans saints up next, this is another weird game. I have a very strange obsession with the Falcons these days that I can't necessarily explain to you. I don't know what happened to my fantasy teams this week, but they're different than they were last week. I traded Adam Thielen and Leonard Fournette for Damian Harris and <clears throat> not Damian Harris or Kyle Pitts and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. So some folks told me I got fleeced. I'm telling you right now, Kyle Pitts is going to have an absolutely monster game. I'm staying away from everything. The only thing I'm taking is a Kyle Pitts touchdown. The odds aren't out yet, but the Falcons are plus 215. So I'm going to tell you, Kyle Pitts touchdown is probably going to be in that plus 150 to plus 200 range. And I think there's value there. So that's what I'm taking, Kyle Pitts touchdown. I like that. Um I'm probably going to go with the uh, Falcons here. Um, I don't like the plus six. Um, I, I'm going to have to check with the odds here on a plus seven real quick. Um, I'll probably end up taking them plus seven. Trevor Simeon, let's be real, is not going to get the job done here uh, for the Saints the rest of the season. He led them to one win over the Bucks. Yeah, that's a good win, but that's not going to continue, I don't think. I do like the Falcons plus Seven is what I think I'm going to take. I do like the Kyle Pitts trade, and Michael Pittman looked really good last week, so that's yep. good. Yeah. Um, just touching back to fancy real quick. 
if you have Alvin Kamara, I would be looking to sell him currently. I just um, if you if you remember in the past, um, you know Mark Ingram always gets involved for the Saints, and they're gonna look to take some stress off Alvin Kamara. I mean, because he's been their whole offense really, so they're gonna get Mark Ingram involved. I would sell Alvin Kamara if you can, but yeah, I'm going Falcons plus seven. All right, cool. Um, okay, yeah, I, I just sold Kamara too, and I got fucking slandered for that as well. So, you know, people aren't paying attention, but whatever. I'll, I know what's going on. Uh, we have the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the New York Giants up next. Raiders are currently a three-point dog. This game's at MetLife. Um, so, really, um, this should be a six-point six point for the uh, for the Raiders. They are confident that the Raiders are going to win this game. Vegas are, and I am too. Uh, I like Raiders' money line at minus 156. That is where I stand. Yeah, I also will be taking the Raiders' money line. Um, Raiders, I mean, they are falling apart at the seams. John Gruden's gone. Um, Henry Ruggs, tier one scumbag. Uh, he can go to jail forever for all I care. Um, I know we typically try to stay away from, you know, talking about people's personal lives and political matters on this show, but... I mean, I think we all can agree that Henry Ruggs is in the wrong, and he's a scumbag, and he doesn't need to be in the NFL. But I will take the Raiders' money line in this game. They still have more weapons than the Giants, and they should win this game. So give me the Raiders' money line as well. Beautiful. Okay, LA Chargers take on the Philadelphia Eagles. This game's at the link. I know Zach will be there. I'm taking Chargers minus one and a half. That spread is insane to me. I'm all over it. I mean, I think that the money's going to be all over that. Um... Probably the public money. It's going to be weird. We'll have to see. I'm going to wait, see if the line moves before I lock anything in. But I like Chargers minus one and a half a lot. I really do. Yeah, no, I love that play. I mean, the Chargers are due now at this point. Like we said, their offense has stumbled. But the John, or the Eagles defense, not great. Darius Slay has been playing very well. But their defense as a whole, in my opinion, is not um, a top-tier defense. Give me the Chargers. Uh, I'm just going to take a money line. Minus 126 is a uh, pretty good value for them taking it on the Eagles here. I think this is going to end up being one of my best bets of the week here once we round out the podcast here shortly. But, yeah, give me the Chargers money line. Okay, beautiful Chargers money line. Uh, we have the – oh, wow. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Green Bay Packers. This game's at Arrowhead. Packers are currently plus 7.5. Oh, Jeremy and I quickly mentioned this earlier before we started recording. No Rodgers. He has COVID. Um, wow, this game's a mess. This is going to be really weird. I think Devontae will be back. Jordan Love's going to be under center. I'm taking Packers plus seven and a half. I, I don't know what's telling me to do it, but that's where I stand. Um, have to gamble on the Packers. I, I love it. I'm all over them. I missed out last week, and I'm not going to miss out this week. Okay. Um, I did pick the Packers last week. Um, I did get the Randall Cobb two touchdowns, too, which kind of, you know, saved my week. That combined with the Tyree Kill first touchdown. These primetime game touchdown scores uh, are really doing me wonders this season. But I am going to take the Chiefs down at six and a half. Um, but I'm also going to take an Aaron Jones touchdown um, separately. Uh, so give me Chiefs minus six and a half and give me an Aaron Jones touchdown. I don't think they trust uh, Jordan Love to be slinging the ball in the red zone like they do with Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And the Chiefs uh, let Devontae Booker run and catch some screen passes for some decent yards against them last week. Um, so I'm going to go with Aaron Jones touchdown and Chiefs minus six and a half. Beautiful. We have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the San Francisco 49ers at, I want to say candlestick, but that's not what it is. Um so they play, they go to San Francisco to play. 
Um, I like Cardinals minus one. I don't know if Kyler's playing yet. I don't know who their backup is. I don't really care. Uh, Niners aren't winning two in a row, so that's why I'm with the Cardinals. I think that they win this game. Honestly, you could tease this down to Cardinals plus three, and now that I think about it, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to take Cardinals plus three, which is, or plus three and a half, which is minus 195. That's an alt spread. It's the only one I have of the week, and, and that's where my money is. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go Cardinals money line here. I hope Kyler plays um, just for the Cardinals' sake. Um, I don't think the Niners are a great football team. We already discussed Jimmy G, how he's good, not great. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Cardinals money line. They got more weapons, better overall team. They did lose J.J. Watt for the season, but, I mean, they'll still survive. Give me yeah. the Cardinals money line. I forgot about J.J. too. That's that's huge. Uh, okay, so we have the Tennessee Titans taking on the L.A. Rams up next. Rams are currently a 7.5-point favorite. I don't like seven and a half. I like six and a half. I'm alting down. I'm taking Rams minus six and a half. I just think that we're going to have to wait a minute um, while the Titans figure out their running back situation because it seems to me that Adrian Peterson is actually going to be the person that they figure into that offense. That's going to take a little bit. I think he's probably got gas left in the tank, but it's going to take time to figure it out. So I'm taking Rams minus six and a half alt spread. Yeah, Adrian Peterson did have a decent season last. Uh, was it last season he played last? It was either last season. Or yeah, he was with the Lions last season. He just he's just a little slower now, and he's oh. a little bit more sluggish. He's not bad. Yeah, but he's no he's no Derrick Henry. Um, this is the Rams have played bad teams the last couple of weeks. Um, and then they had that whole debacle at the end of the game last week. I think this is a game where they come out and they just absolutely route the Titans. I mean, I think Matt Stafford's going to be firing on all cylinders. Cooper Cup's going to, you know, do his thing. And Daryl Henderson, he's looked phenomenal. Um, they somehow just keep finding good running backs. They had Cam Akers last year. Now Daryl Henderson taking over. They look good. Give me the Rams. I'm going to take six and a half as well. Although I do think they, they could win by two scores in this game, if we're being honest here for a sec. But yeah, give me the Rams minus six and a half. Cool. Yeah, I think that's just the smart play, to be honest. And the odds are good on it, so uh, I'm glad that we're both uh, agreeing there. Chicago Bears take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field on Monday night prime time. Wow, Steelers are only 6.5-point favorites. I don't need to look any further. I'm taking Steelers minus 6.5. They win by a touchdown. Yep, same here. Don't have much to say. Steelers minus 6.5. And, I mean, you can always bet a Najee touchdown if you're looking for a little more fun because he does get in the end zone, it seems, every week. Yep. But, yeah, just give me the Steelers minus six and a half. I think they take care of the Bears pretty easily. Um, I think their defense is going to give Justin Fields trouble. So, yep, Steelers minus six and a half it is for me. All right. So, my lock of the week is a two-leg parlay. I'm taking Rams minus six and a half alt spread. And I am taking – actually, it's going to be a three-leg parlay. I'm taking Raiders money line. And I am taking Chargers minus one and a half. I'm going to get the odds for you guys while I let Jeremy um, explain his. Yes, so my lock of the week, um, I'm single bet. I'm going to go with the Chargers money line. But I do have a nice six and a half point teaser I'd like to throw out there. I am going to take the Steelers. Um, so they're going to go from minus six and a half to zero. So essentially just a money line bet there. Um, we're going to take the Rams. They're going to go from minus seven and a half to minus one. So essentially just don't tie, please. Um, we got the Chiefs down from seven and a half to one as well. So another hopeful non-tie there. 
And then the Cowboys down from nine and a half to three. This is going to be a four-leg teaser, six and a half points, and it's going to give you plus 200 odds, which I think is great value for the teams you're getting and the lines you're getting there. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, and I have, so let me see. I'm Go ahead and throw these in, these odds for everybody. Um, killing me. I always struggle with the online version of uh, FanDuel. It fucking sucks. The Raiders money line, Chargers minus one and a half, uh, and Rams minus six and a half. Scrolling for that one, that gives you plus plus four twenty eight. So the odds are pretty good there. If you want to throw a twenty spot on it, that's going to win you roughly eighty six dollars. So I'm all over that. Um, I really like that. There's a couple games this week where I think that we're we're really kind of seeing the board and a couple that I don't necessarily know how they're going to go. But I'm excited to hopefully get back to form this week. Um, and, yeah, that's all I have to say. Is there anything else you want to add, Jeremy? Uh, yeah. So, like I said, last week, not my best week, but I promise to be better this week. Everyone, we're going to win some money. We're coming out hot. We had a really good week a couple weeks ago, week six or seven. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was six. Six, Last two weeks have been kind of up and down. I think this is a week where we get back to where we belong, and that's on the winning side heavily. Mm -hmm. So let's get it this week, fellas and women, if you do listen. (laughs) Um, And, you know, let's win some money. All right, everybody. Take care. Good luck this week, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Take care, guys.